Welcome to the College Playbook with Cousin Dami and Friends, a guide for Black college students by Black college graduates, covering all the topics you would ask your favorite cousin. Join me, Cousin Dami, as I talk about the glows and lows of college with friends and some of my cousins who have made it over the hurdle and graduated as some of the first in their family to do so. Together, we share experiences, advice, and encouragement to help students win in college and beyond. Listen in and take what you need and send a message if you have questions. Let's go. Hey, everyone, it's Cousin Dami, and today I am excited to have one of my college friends here with me, Adrian. Um, she was actually more like a big sister in college, um, and I really wanted to feature her today because the path that she took is becoming increasingly popular today, especially as folks are talking about um, the cost of college. And so Adrian actually started out at a community college um, and she transitioned to a four-year university. And so I'm super excited to capture her story and to get her wisdom for the people today. Welcome, Age. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. All right. So let's get started. Um, can you start by talking about what your path was um, from community college to four-year? What made you go that route? and why you chose the four-year school that you ended up at. So I originally applied for a couple of four-year universities. I always knew that I wanted to go to college, mm -hmm. but uh, when I didn't get accepted right. <laughs> to, I want to say, probably three of the colleges that I applied to. And one of the colleges um, that I applied to just didn't give me a lot of scholarship money. Mm -hmm. So... I had applied to Bloomfield, Fairleigh Dickinson, and I want to say Rutgers, but I did not get accepted to any of them except for Fairleigh Dickinson, and they were giving me peanuts to go. Mm. So I was like, all right, well, let me look into just going to a community college. My father had actually went to Middlesex, and, my, and me and my sister actually went to Middlesex at the same time together. So... That's how I ended up in Middlesex because I was just familiar with the campus. And um, I enrolled in Middlesex and I enrolled into their EOF program, which is Educational Opportunity Fund, and it's uh, for low-income families. And I actually had a really dope counselor. She uh, was my mentor. She um, really helped me out at Middlesex and she linked me with all the classes that I needed to take. She actually mentored my father. So that's how I ended up uh, knowing her. And she was really my support system while I was at Middlesex. Uh, she would speak to me, not only was she my EOF counselor, but she was my mentor and my friend. Mm -hmm. And she had so much knowledge about what classes that I needed to take, uh, what classes would help me transition once I did go to a four-year. And I didn't even know if I wanted to go to a four-year, but you know, yeah. being um, linked to her, that was not an option for me not to go to a four year. So it was just like, okay, well, we're grooming you and we're getting you prepared to go to a four year. So these are the classes that you're going to need to take. And, you know, this is the amount of time that we want to try to get you to do it in. 
but she was really great. I didn't have any bills the whole time I was at Middlesex wow. because she made sure that I got all the grants and scholarships. I was thankful for those refund checks when I was there. And then when it came time to transfer, I didn't actually graduate from Middlesex. I didn't get my associates. I just transferred. Right. And I had a couple of colleges in mind. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm only going to apply to Ryder. I don't even know why I know I'm lying. I would say at the time I was a business major and I don't know why I was a business major, but I was, and Ryder was a really, really good school for business. And that was literally the only school that I applied to and I got accepted. And, uh, it was, a I wouldn't say, a smooth transition, but it wasn't a rough transition. Um, uh, some of my credits didn't get transferred over and that's just part of the process that some people don't know about, but it's something to make sure that you know about because you can take all these classes and no matter what school you transfer to, some of, some of your credits may just not transfer over. Right. So unfortunately the first, at least the first semester that I got to Ryder, my credits did not even like, I want to say, what is the big fancy word matriculate or didn't count rather because I had to take a lot of remedial courses. And that's just um, because my GPA wasn't the best at the community college. I did struggle with some classes and then whatever placement test I took, they just, you know, said it was better for me to take some remedial courses. And of course you don't get credit for those courses. Right. So my first semester at Ryder, I want to say did not count if that makes sense. Um, so that was pretty much my transition from the community college to Ryder. And like I said, the only option I had was to go to Ryder because that was the only school that I applied to. Sure. No, that's cool on so many levels. One, the counselor who was really your advocate and really offered a lot of guidance and support. Um, that's really powerful. And I know not a lot of schools, especially community colleges have that. So it was really awesome, um, that you were afforded that. Um, and then also just the challenge of getting into school and having to do the remedial courses. I know I think I had to take college reading um, and that did not count. <laughs> that that can be a tough pill to swallow. Um, so for your transition, who had to initiate your transition? Did your school initiate it? Did you have to actually apply? Can you talk a little bit about what your transition process was? So the good thing that I think I had in my favor was because I was an EOF student at right. uh, Middlesex, I automatically uh, qualified to be a EOP student, same program, just different name at Ryder. And uh, my EOF counselor at Middlesex got me connected to my EOP counselor at Ryder and that's what made the process much easier. And because I was transferring, it was just a matter of them sending my transcripts so they can see what my grades were like, so they can, you know, see what classes I needed to take. And thankfully, Ryder had such a dope EOP program and I was connected to, you know, so many good people there that were just as supportive as Middlesex. So the transition wasn't hard, 
I think the biggest transition and um, I wouldn't say issues, but growth that I needed to have was going from commuting to school every day, taking the bus Mm -hmm. to Middlesex because I did not have a car at the time. And then, you know, going to campus and then going home. And I was also working. But then when I got to Ryder, I was living on campus Mm -hmm. and I had a roommate and, you know, living Mm -hmm. in a dorm and just that whole it was different, you know, like living on campus. And, and at first I hated it because I didn't, I wanted to go home every weekend. I missed my friends and I did go home like every weekend. <laughs> so, and, um, but overall the transition was pretty good. Uh, because like I said, I was in the EOF program. So I transitioned to the EOP program and they helped me so much. They helped me get a lot of grants and scholarships. They, were very supportive and they knew which classes I needed to take and made sure that I spoke to, you know, different deans on the campus and um, different people in positions that I needed to speak to for whatever major and what classes that I needed to take. So I wouldn't say the transition um, was tough. It was just a transition because it was going from, you know, commuting to school to living on campus. Right, right. That makes sense. And by the way, shout out to EOF and EOP programs. One of my other guests gave them a shout out as well and credited them to his success as well. I know at Ryder, unfortunately, I was not in the EOP program, but I called myself an adopted EOP student um, because I recognized how important those um, supports were. But also I felt like it offered a nice place that you could call home. Like I felt like if I didn't feel a sense of belonging anywhere else on campus, I could walk into the EOP office and feel that sense of belonging. And so that's so critical. Um, And just, I guess, encouragement for anyone, um, for the listeners that, you know, you were actually in the program. I was not, but I still sought out that resource. And again, I called myself an adopted EOP student. And so seeking out those resources where you can find belonging on campus is so critical, so important. So thanks for sharing that. So you said in the beginning that you always wanted to go to college. You knew that that was something that you wanted to do. You also said that once you got to Middlesex, when you got near the end of your two-year period, you questioned whether or not you even wanted to go to a four-year. Once you transitioned to Ryder, did you feel like that was the right fit? Did you feel like that was the right choice? And what contributed to that, if you had that feeling? So I know I, I knew I wanted to keep going to college just because I knew it was important to get a degree. And I knew that I most likely wouldn't be able, well, this, this is my view back then. It may not be my view right now today, but back then, uh, you know, you just constantly hear people say, oh, if you don't get a college degree, you're not going to get a good job. You're not going to make good money. And it was just, you know, the push from just society as a whole. And then, you know, my, my counselor as well, just saying, you know, you really need to continue on and get this four-year degree. And at that time, she also pushed for the master's, which never happened. And who knows if it will ever happen. But um, yeah, just, I knew I had to go to a four-year. And so I wasn't, um, I wouldn't say reluctant, but I mean, I just, I never liked school and I'm just being honest. Like I struggled in community college and I struggled in the four year and I just, I, I just, I never liked school. I had to get tutors. Um, I struggled in math 
in every every math class I took. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was hard. Yeah. Uh, but I, because I had, you know, pretty good support system and, you know, my counselors connected me to all the, everything that I needed, all the tutors, uh, making sure that I picked the right teachers because that's important. So I think um, because I had some really good counselors and they knew the best teachers to take based off of their own particular students' needs. Like if you're struggling with a particular subject, they're not going to put you with a teacher who's, you know, really hard or, you know, has this tough exterior and, you know, not good listeners or because there are teachers and professors out there like that. And they just don't really, you know, have that welcoming spirit. (laughs) So (laughs) it was good to have, you know, really good counselors who knew what teachers I would, you know, be able to pass their classes. That's awesome. So, so that that was um, helpful. That's awesome. So that's that's really helpful, uh, and I think it's an encouraging story to hear um, because I think that a lot of folks do think that you need to go to college and be the best in your class, and that college is uh, going to be a cakewalk sometimes. I mean, I think I was an average student, you know, um, as well, and so I completely feel you. I think I just continue to push through and just kept plowing, you know, um, and finally got to graduation. And so I really appreciate you sharing that because I think that 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 story and your experience um, and your feeling about school is more common than um, is actually shared. So thank you for that. Um, So now kind of to that point, we know that you graduated. You just said that school was somewhat of a struggle. So to dig a little bit more in your business, um, on a range of summa cum laude to come sum laude, how well did you do academically? Child, I never seen no summa cum laude. (laughs) (laughs) I never was on a deeds list. (laughs) Uh, Actually, I want to say probably my first semester at Ryder, I was like recognized. I don't think it's a dean's list, but it's something where you have at least a 3.0 and that was probably the best semester that I had. And I don't even know why or what I did differently that I was able to get a 3.0 for that first semester. That was that was the best semester that I had because it's funny, I just looked at my transcripts because I needed them for something. And I was like, dang, like I really barely made it. Like I was failing classes. And then, you know, you could get some A's and B's in classes and then get one F and it brings your GPA down Absolutely. tremendously. So I did fail and I did get a D and on, you know, multiple times. So I graduated with, you know, literally by the skin of my teeth and I probably finished and I'm not even embarrassed to say it like a two five because I mean, it is what it is. I got that degree, (laughs) but it wasn't with no A's and B's. (laughs) Still paying for the degree. I need Biden to come through and wipe out the rest of these student loans. You and me and everybody else. (laughs) I never saw no summa cum laude, laude, none of that. Like I I graduated and and got the credits I needed to get to get that degree. Listen, but that that is so important. Like what you said, I graduated. Like that is the point, right? Like you persevered, you stuck it out, you finished what you started, right? And I think that Mm -hmm. is so critical. Not all of us, listen, I don't think I was ever in the top of my class. Like I said, (laughs) I've always been an average student. I just was not that excited about learning. Perhaps I didn't have the 
opportunities that others had to really get them engrossed and excited about learning. Um, for me, mm-hmm. and I remember saying to one of my college professors, like, look, I'm just here. Give me the grade so I can get my degree and bounce. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. I completely feel you. But critical mm-hmm. what you said, I graduated. Right. I finished. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the thing that's most important to persevere. You accessed resources that were available to you and you got it done. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's really powerful. Um, so you've already shared so much. Is there any, um, do you have any other nuggets of wisdom or advice that you'd be interested in sharing that you'd like to share? I think I would say uh, to have a balance. Uh, one of my nieces, she's actually a junior at Bowie right now. Oh, nice. And I talk to her often because she's kind of like, I was in college. I did get involved with a lot of clubs and organizations on campus. And I constantly remind her that that's important too. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just go to college to go to college and just get a degree and get that piece of paper because, uh, yeah, I'm still working in my major that I majored in, but I mean, (laughs) like some of the experiences that I had in college really, I had more fun. And I know it's probably crazy to say this, but socially, I enjoy college more than academically. And a lot of the experiences that I had really connected me to so many people and so many places. And I am still friends with my roommate from college, still friends with so many people that I met in college. And I still am connected to people at the college. So I could still call Amber and Ida up to this day because they were, you know, they helped counsel me in EOP. And um, just making those connections was really worth it. And had I not been so involved with different organizations like Women's Center and BSU in college, I probably wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say I probably wouldn't care about women's rights and and civil rights and racism and all that stuff now, but I think just having different leadership positions on campus is what really, you know, helped me with public speaking and helped me just want to get more involved and do, you know, community service and different volunteer work with different, you know, nonprofit organizations. So I would say, so I say all that to say to just, you know, not go to college just to go to college, to make sure you get involved in different organizations because you never know what doors being involved in those organizations can you know, lead you to. No, that's a really good point. Absolutely. I think it's really about not just the academics, but those critical skills, right? Um, that's really mm-hmm. important. So you kind of started to answer or address my next question, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel that college was worth it? Can you ask me that after these student loans get uh, wiped out? Because, I mean, overall, yes. Because I think it, you know, was definitely a good experience. And, um, I mean, I, I don't have too many negative things to say about it, just that I still owe money. (laughs) If you could, if I could go to college for free and there were some classes that I took that I did learn some stuff and there were several classes that I took that I'm never going to use. So, you know, like those stupid statistic classes that I struggled to pass and had to get tutors for and those accounting classes that I'm, you know, not using accounting. But I think like once you get 
pass all those basic courses that you have to take that are required to get your degree. And then you get into courses that you are actually interested in and that you actually do learn some stuff in and that you may use later on, then yes, you can say, oh, well, I did learn that. So overall, I would say, um, no, I don't regret going to college. Um, But if I had to weigh what I liked more (laughs) and the full experience, I would say I would go back to college for the social aspect any day. Academics, not so much. (laughs) Good point. Good point. I am sure you are not alone in that assessment and how you feel. <laughs> I would probably second, third, fourth, and fifth, all of that. So I completely agree. <laughs> um, well, that's it, Adrian. Um, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate the wisdom and the experience that you've been able to share with the folks. Um, I really hope that it helps um, someone who's considering community college or university or just um, reflecting on their experience currently. Thank you so much for everything that you've been able to share. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, wait. So Adrienne and I continued talking in the after show and she started sharing more lessons learned. So we had to come back. Okay, ready? So the advice and stuff. So I would say definitely connect with people because I didn't really have any family support when I went to college. My dad had actually went to college very late in life. He graduated college when I graduated high school. And so, yeah, he could, he connected me with the people in Middlesex and he was as supportive as he could be, but but because he had just went through the college process himself, right. it was just like offering as much as he could. But I didn't have financial support. I didn't have, you know, hundreds of people in my corner pushing me on other than my counselor at, at Middlesex and my counselor at Ryder. Right. So I think it's really, really important to have at least one person that can help you make your schedule. One person that can push you when you don't feel like writing that paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one person that can encourage you to stay in college because there were several times where I wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. And, and then just making sure that if you need to vent, you have someone to talk to because I was working two jobs in college. I was missing my family and my friends back home, constantly going back and forth and just struggling. So I think having that support is crucial because a lot of people don't have that. And a lot of people drop out because they don't have that. So um, I just think making sure you connect to at least one person who you can get advice from, who can push you, who can uplift you, who can support you. And it doesn't have to be financially. I mean, financially does help, <laughs> but if yes. they can connect you to, you know, a job or some scholarships or um, I forgot what those programs are called. I did one of them when I was at Ryder where the work study, yeah, like the work study. So I did do the work study and that took out some money, you know, from, uh, my tuition. And then I also had another job, so I would have some extra money. Right. So um, yeah, definitely getting connected to someone who can help you with that support because it's definitely needed. Yeah. No, that's good. That's strong. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for mm-hmm. sharing that. Anything else you want to say before I press stop report? <laughs> um, I don't think okay. so. Well, so okay. I will say um, don't be afraid to change majors because I definitely started out as a business major. I went to a psychology major. And I think after 
uh, probably a semester or two, I knew that business wasn't for me. And it's okay to change because you definitely don't want to be doing something that you don't want to be doing. And you want to, you know, sit in classes where you're going to actually learn something (laughs) and not struggle, even though I did struggle with some classes later on in my major. But I definitely knew business wasn't for me. So it's okay to just start over and to change majors because you don't want to be doing something where you just, it's not a good fit for you. Thanks for listening to the College Playbook with Cousin Dami and Friends, brought to you by First Draft, an initiative to increase the social capital of Black college students. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, share, and leave a review. For more information, visit myfirstdraft.org.